This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time 1203. Great to have you joining us for the Thursday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. A challenging time for retail because of supply and worker issues. We'll check in with the owner of a popular Chicago fashion boutique in our next segment. Right now, a busy day of data, including the latest look at sales of existing homes and leading indicators. Let's sort it all out. Greg McBride is here, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Uh, Greg, let's begin with the unemployment claims. Now, now, just for clarity here, these are people who are filing for the first time, right? So, I mean, essentially, they were probably laid off last week. Yes, and uh, that number has been trending lower. This is the second week in a row we were below 300,000. It's a new pandemic era low, 290,000. And for context, prior to the pandemic, when we had the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, at that point, the, the weekly claims were in the low 200,000. So we've come a long way, still a little bit further to go to get back to where we had been pre-pandemic. And are we, I don't think it's in this report, but whatever latest numbers you're looking at, are we seeing that uh, that participation number, the, the number of Americans who should be in the workforce that are in the workforce, how is that trending? Are, are people actually going back to work? We're not seeing it. Uh, I mean, the number, I mean, you ask where, you know, is it trending? It's not trending. It's basically been range bound uh, for the last year and a half. Um, so there was this big thought that particularly once kids went back to school in September, you'd see this massive influx back into the labor market. Well, we're still waiting to see that the numbers just don't bear that out quite yet. Yeah, help us to see uh, home sales here, existing home sales specifically. This number is out and it's up. Yeah, it was up 7% from September, uh, strongest number we've had in several months. Sales were up in all regions of the country by at least 5%, uh, including, uh, you know, 5%, a little over 5% in the Midwest. Uh, but that inventory is still very tight. Uh, it's down 13% year over year, and there's only enough supply to uh, for about 2.4 months worth of sales. For context, normal is five closer to six. So less than half of the inventory of a more balanced market. And if you get more more sales, more houses moving, that probably has to be pretty good for prices, right? It is very much a seller's market, uh, alive and well. Um, home prices up uh, all regions of the country. Um, in the Midwest, up over 9% year-to-year median home price. $265,000. What are we seeing in the leading indicator uh, reported, uh, kind of giving a sense of how the wider economy is going? It was up, came in short of forecast. The other, you know, sort of the knock against this is, yes, it's a leading indicator, but it has a big lag to it. 
um, you know, this was just a September number that was being reported. So, um, you know, the, the run-up we've seen in long-term interest rates uh, over the past couple of weeks, that's going to be a bit of a drag on those leading indicators. Good insight, as always, from Greg McBride. He is Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com. Thanks for being with us. Retailers are facing challenges brought on by the pandemic, plus economic factors, including breaks in the supply chain. Let's get a local look from someone really dealing with this. Roy Surday, founder of Peaches Boutique on South Archer here in Chicago. Roy, it's good to have you on the show here. We keep hearing about supply chain problems, supply chain problems. You know, it's kind of ambiguous. Help us to understand, as someone who is a retailer, what does it really look like in your business to have supply chain problems? Well, in our business with supply chain problems, uh, the product uh, that the girls are looking for, uh, they need to have it at a certain period of time. So if it's not manufactured six months ahead and they come in and they need three months, to get it for them is going to be a very difficult thing. And we're hoping that by prom season it corrects itself. Because it doesn't really help you if those items come in one, two, or three months after you need them. Uh, correct. And, and we, uh, to try to accommodate the girls, have uh, ordered quite a bit of inventory, preparing ourselves for prom to have it in stock and available for them. But I do suggest that if people, when they start shopping, they shop a little early to give themselves the opportunity and the time to get the product. So we're talking not only prom. I mean, you have weddings all year long. How difficult are you finding it to provide wedding dresses that women need? Well, it's the same, it's the same scenario. Um, the only good thing about wedding is uh, brides shop a lot earlier for their wedding. So they give themselves a little more time. So they're, uh, you know, so they have the opportunity. But it is becoming difficult for a lot of reasons. The pandemic put a hurt to a lot of manufacturers who cut back on inventory, so we're not seeing that availability like we used to in the past. We all, you almost have to gamble yourself as a retailer and house stuff to prepare yourself to hope that you get the sale. Yeah, how tough is that? I mean, it seems pretty risky for you to have to buy things ahead of time hoping you can sell them, but with no guarantee you can sell them. Well, it is very risky. Um, you know, it's uh, what brought the pandemic brought on to hurting a lot of businesses and forcing them out of businesses. Uh, the, uh, you know, to, to take the gamble now after not knowing what the future lies for a lot of people and to, you know, and to invest your money in that and hoping that we go back to a normal society soon. I'm just, you know, we're, we're hoping and we're gambling our, ourselves. Peaches itself is taking that, you know, is taking the gamble. Does the supply chain issues, uh, you know, do, do they, that end up creating a situation where people coming in for dresses, they just have fewer options because maybe two years ago you would have been able to offer more options, but they're just not there right now? Or is that not the case? Well, yeah, it is the case because the, the difference between them coming in and us having the ability to, say, order the product form in a reasonable time has become a longer and longer span. So, so if they're looking for a dress in a month, uh, to get that is almost impossible now. You know, they, they need more time. The manufacturers aren't putting these orders in. So when they do put it in, the delay in, in the foreign countries to get it here is becoming uh, a more difficult situation. So what's your advice to customers in your case? I mean, you're a boutique. You sell dresses. If there's a woman who needs a dress for whatever occasion, uh, homecoming, prom, wedding, quinceanera, you know, whatever it is, what's your advice to them? Well, my advice would be to shop earlier than they need to, to give themselves time to buy it, but to go to somewhere 
who they know that's going to have the product. And obviously, Peaches will have that product. It's going to be very difficult, you know, uh, in the near you know future is to uh, hope that you're going to say you're going to get married in three months and you're going to wait for a month before. You're going to have to then buy what's on the rack. Interesting stuff, really. A real-world experience here of supply chain problems and delays and less selections and uh, businesses really having to be nimble. Thanks so much. That's Roy Surday, founder of Peaches Boutique. That's at 5915 South Archer. Tesla's beaten both the expected top and bottom lines with its third quarter results. Let's get the latest on the electric car maker. Garrett Nelson is here, senior equity analyst at CFRA Research based in Richmond. Uh, it's really good to have you here, Garrett. So give us kind of the lowdown on what Tesla is reporting. Sure. Thanks for having me. These were solid results all around. Uh, it's now the eighth quarter in the last nine, which Tesla has uh, beaten consensus with on the bottom line. So uh, really solid results, record gross margins. Um, the problem, is, I think you're seeing a more muted reaction in the stock uh, this, uh so far today, it's up only modestly uh, because it's kind of become the expectation with Tesla that they'll um, post uh, very solid results and, and, and really robust operational execution. So I think that's why you're seeing a more immediate reaction to, this, reaction to the stock. There's also heightened concerns uh, regarding supply chain shortages and uh, uh, semiconductors. So um, there. Their uh, commentary, both in the earnings release and on the conference call, was a lot more cautious than it has been in recent quarters. So the supply chain issues and, and the chip issues, has Tesla been as impacted as other car makers or have they handled it differently somehow? They haven't. And we think it's because they procured uh, chip su supply before other automakers. They were planning on a big ramp in production heading into this year. So we think they, they contracted earlier than some of the traditional automakers, such as Ford and, and General Motors. But that could be changing. Tesla was sitting on only six days of supply uh, at the end of September. Um, a year earlier, they're they were sitting on about 14 days of supply in terms of inventory. So, you know, their inventory levels are pretty low, and we think you could start to see the, uh, them struggling with these issues in the coming quarters. Yeah, that's interesting. So they, they've done well, but you can only keep that up so long. Is it, is it surprising, as you look at all of the automakers, surprising that they haven't figured out a way to get through this? I mean, two years ago, they had as many chips as they needed. That's right. It's really everyone uh, was caught off guard by the pandemic. You had Intel recently came out and they said that they think the uh, chip shortages are going to last for another one to two years. So I think the entire auto industry is, is that's the new expectation. It's not going to be a near term issue uh, and probably is going to linger well into 2022 and, and, and possibly 2023. So what is your recommendation on Tesla stock? It's at 893 now. It's up about three and a quarter percent today. We have a hold opinion and 12-month price target of $875. Thanks so much. Good insight from Garrett Nelson, Senior Equity Analyst at CFRA Research. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are mixed. The Dow down 113. NASDAQ is up 57. And the S&P is up one point. Let's see what's going on. David Brady is here, president of Brady Investment Council in Normal. David, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? 
Well, uh, you know, the surface, uh, the big picture, not a lot, but certainly uh, if you peel the layers back a couple of uh, layers, uh, we're seeing some pretty exciting things going on in the IPO market today. So uh, um, an interesting day. I suppose the market overall is taking a breather from uh, the last five or six days. You know, we've seen gains, and that's just been a reaffirmation that uh, earnings continue to uh, progress ahead and uh, come through solidly in spite of uh, what's going on around the world. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think we're getting a bit of a breather today, and uh, we're seeing some real action in the IPO market today. Yeah, one of those is Portillo's, which is doing really well today. Kind of, uh, you know, something some locals are paying attention to. Uh, Portillo seems like there is really great growth opportunity there. Maybe that's why it's so attractive here on the first day of trading. Well, it, it is, and you know, it's a it's an emotional stock. Or really, I mean, there's people who know that restaurant chain and love it, and uh, you know, we've seen other restaurants that are known and loved and aren't public, like Chick Fil A would be one. So, I'm not surprised at the interest. Probably a little surprised at the you know the action to the extent that the shares have gone up today. But uh, to your point, yeah, I, I like the growth plan. Management's growth plan is to just uh, slow and steady, 10% per year, until they reach about 600 restaurants. Uh, I think that will serve them well. You know, Portillo's, you could argue, is a, a COVID beneficiary in a way for becoming a public company. I mean, they, uh, the restaurant industry, you know, hit a major reset. And, uh, you know, Portillo's will have, have had, has had time to rethink, uh, you know, the size of the restaurant, uh, drive-throughs, delivery, uh, all of this before going public. So I think that's going to give them a bit of a boost as they, uh, as they work through their growth strategy over the years. Got information from some airline stocks, and uh, I, I guess mm -hmm. kind of mixed, especially, you know, Southwest with that outage and all those cancellations. Uh -huh. I mean, you, you knew that that was going to cause problems. Yeah, you know, we've, we've seen that. Now, the, the, the cancellations happened in, in October, so that was after the quarter closed for many of these. Uh, you know, I guess positively on the airlines, um, uh, we're seeing demand come back. And, uh, you know, that's what we need for the economy. We need the retail buy-in. We need the consumer buy-in. Everybody needs to take the money that was saved and begin to, uh, to spend as normal. Um, from an investor standpoint, you know, it's, it's nice to have retail investors along along the way. You know, you could sort of see why institutions might be buying into this market right now. But we need to see uh, real conviction on the retail part on uh, Beyond the speculation, beyond the mean stocks, you know, buying, you know, real investments. And, and uh, we think the market, you know, will have corrections from here to there, obviously, but uh, uh, at least in the short term, it looks pretty good. We, uh, in our previous segment, talked about Tesla, but let's talk about that. It's up more than 3% today. Uh, yet, yet again, record earnings for Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. Uh, you, you, you're buying a lot with Tesla that goes beyond, uh, you know, the earnings and the fundamentals. And it, it's really sort of in the neighborhood that we don't understand anymore. I mean, I think it's 110 times 2022 earnings estimates. It might be 15 times the firm value to EBITDA number might be, you know, 60 or 70 times. I mean, it, uh, so, so the valuations are stretched. I mean, there has to be something way beyond, uh, you know, electronic vehicles or the batteries or, you know, any other dream that Elon Musk has has to really come through, I think, in order for this one to, to make sense longer term. I suppose, uh, you know, getting back to the original point, though, I'd imagine that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of retail investors owning Tesla, too, right now, or buying Tesla right now on the, on the earnings news, which looked pretty good. The impressive thing was the way they were able to manage their cost structures through, through the quarter. Um, 
you know, demand, you know, of course, is good too. So, or good enough, I, 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 I would say. But, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised they're trading up a little higher today at all. Thanks for all the insight. That is David Brady, president of Brady Investment Council. Just ahead, Technology Thursday, exploring the Internet of the future. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday on the Noon Business Hour. The term metaverse is used to describe what the Internet is likely to become in the future. Let's learn more about it. Shelly Palmer is here, CEO of the Palmer Group and author of the new updated book, An Executive Guide to the World of Decentralized Finance. Shelly, help us to understand this term metaverse. What, what does it mean? What are we talking about? Well, it means a couple different things to different people. Generally, it's a virtual environment you access through the Internet. So remember the old uh, Second Life. Uh, people who are familiar with Fortnite know what a metaverse is in that context. But I think in a larger context, Mark Zuckerberg is thinking of it as a merger between that kind of virtual world and the world we live in through augmented reality, meaning through some kind of eyewear or technology that will allow you to walk around the real world and then be kind of in two places at once in a virtual world and have access to both. Um, that's where we are right now. It's, it's a bit undefined. There are lots of metaverse style games like Decentraland. And like I mentioned Fortnite, Roblox is another one, plenty of games like that. These are places where you can go and immerse yourself. Some people do it with virtual reality goggles where you're sort of, you know, totally in that world, nowhere else. Others do it at their computer or, you know, on their smartphone, just sort of visiting, if you will, uh, walking around. It looks like an animated space if you haven't seen it. You literally, it looks like walking around in a cartoon. You have an avatar. Maybe you'll see yourself. Maybe it'll just be point of view from you. And you'll literally use your controls to walk around this, this environment or fly or other things. What's the attraction? Is this kind of creating an alternate world or you, know, you, you get to design it? What's the attraction here? Well, there are a lot of different theories about it. One is that you have an avatar, so you can be anyone in anything and you can have superpowers. So you're sort of like an animated character in an animated world. Uh, people love to experience things like concerts in those environments. They like to meet other people in those environments. It's, it's an extension, if you will, of just you know texting and an email, and again, it's, it allows you to be and fantasize about 
anything you want. And so there are some very specialized metaverses. There are some that are gameplay based, some that are just social based. Uh, you know, there are virtual nightclubs. If you, you name it, Cisco, there's stuff out there like it. And again, Facebook is thinking about going super deep into the metaverse. They think that's where you're going to hang out. That's the evolution of social media in Mark Zuckerberg's mind. So we're all going to get an up-close personal view of what the metaverse will become. What it is right now is not what it's going to be. That much I can promise you. Well, I'm glad that you said nightclub, and, and earlier you mentioned concerts. It's really creating a unique virtual sort of pseudo real life space in order to meet people. I mean, most people think that, yes. you know, all we need is uh, you, you have Facebook where you, you come and you friend people and you, you know, you hang out. This is creating virtual real life spaces for you to do that social activity. That's correct. And, and at least in, in one iteration, that's exactly right. And look, there's a lot of people who have latched onto this. Linden Labs brought out a a product called Second Life years ago. It was too early. The technology wasn't ready. The internet wasn't ready. The bandwidth wasn't ready. People's computer wasn't ready. But it was so incredibly popular. People were ready, which is, you know, now the technology's caught up. So you can in, in create these spaces. You can create these virtual worlds, and people can access them. Smartphones, 5G, more powerful PCs, better bandwidth. Those are all the components more computational power that go into making this possible. I think you can expect all kinds of new storytelling, new advertising, new experiences. You know, we're, we're used to seeing a movie. How about being in the movie? Like, that's the kind of stuff we're going to get into now in the metaverse world. Yeah, really cool stuff. As you mentioned, Facebook, really serious about it. That's Shelly Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday. That's Technology Thursday. Still to come today, making sure you keep your job. Investing 60 minutes each weekday toward planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The economy is doing better. Employers are still wooing workers, but that doesn't mean you should be complacent. Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, online at thejobdoctor.com. Uh, Tessa, you know, we saw the first-time claim for unemployment numbers. They're better. They've been better three weeks in a row. And yet there are people who are still being laid off. So talk to workers out there who may feel like they are in because of what's going on in the job market? I think the number one thing people uh, should be doing is securing their place in the workforce if that's what they want, if that job is what they want. So getting tuned into the one thing they can do that could make the biggest difference in their role is uh, a, a very, very important thing to keep your eye on. Because if, what you want is if there are going to be layoffs, you want to be the one employee that they say, well, we need to let some people go, but we don't want to let that person go. That's exactly right. So you've got to make yourself uh, as irreplaceable as possible. So what are some ways people can do that? Is they're in the workplace? I think there's a couple of things people can do. The first is know that your skills are your greatest leverage. So when you have a specialized skill set, that's something that will keep you employed. The other thing is, you know, when you first start a job, we have fresh eyes and we lose that over time. You need to see the problems that your company has through fresh eyes again, find a problem and then solve it. And the last thing is plant seeds for your future while you're at the company. You should be talking to other managers, other departments, understand what jobs are coming up. You have a tremendous competitive advantage over external people if you plant those seeds. How important are, are just those relationships? It's been tough in the pandemic to have relationships because so many people are working remotely. But how important is it that you have relationships within the company that allows more people to know that you are valuable? 
it's incredibly important because it doesn't matter that we're in the age of social media. The best way to get a job is still who you know. That's the tried and true way to get a job. And so people that are not utilizing the infrastructure and the ecosystem in their own companies to understand what jobs are coming, what skill sets are needed, and plant the seeds, they're missing an opportunity. And managers do not want to have a difficult time hiring for positions. They want to open it and they want to fill it as soon as possible. And if your name is coming to mind first because you've been having those relationships, building those um, mentoring opportunities, then you're going to have a leg up on somebody from the outside. Really good insight. Don't take that job for granted, even if it is an employee's market these days. That's Tessa White, CEO of The Job Doctor, online at thejobdoctor.com. Be sure to listen to news radio throughout the day, 23 and 53 past each hour, as we continue following the news that affects your money. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.